Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, a slight tangent, the crappy quiz, and you had to be there. You have to be there, like, but I wish I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Adam Pope is with us to talk about Leeds United. How are you keeping, Adam? All right, thanks, Nathan. Uh, Jesse Marsh last night after the game wasn't particularly happy. Wasn't happy with social media. Um, lies, damn lies, and all of that on social media. So they finally got a win last night. Much needed in the FA Cup against Cardiff City. He came out afterwards said, this report that comes out, the bullshit about some of the players are against me. It's just awful. It's just awful. We're united. We're together. We're doing everything we can as a group. We're all harbouring the responsibility, especially me, and we all believe in ourselves. Were there murmurings over the past couple of weeks that the players were losing faith with Jesse Marsh? Well, I think the first thing, Nathan, to... Ahead of kickoff, nobody amongst the, the press that was there, and there was a lot there last night because it was covered on television, was really talking about a revolt of the players going to the board and talking about one of the managers sacked. So what I'm saying is that report, which I think appeared on, um, you know, one of the one of the websites or whatever, you know, like it didn't have much credence, and I think Jesse's given it too much credence to be quite honest. I think, look, with two wins in 17 prior to last night, then clearly people are going to have some doubts as to what's happening. But wholesale revolt from the senior sort of squad towards having him sat, didn't hear anything of that. And clearly the way they played last night would, would certainly suggest that that was, was bunkum, really. But I was very surprised that he went so strong and he kept going on because by the time he reached us in, in our part of the press, Nathan, you know, we'd heard these quotes and how he did sworn and what have you and he turned it down a bit but he was still saying BS and you know was very keen to say that they were unified so it really got under his skin to be honest on a night where so much went right as well mm. uh, What's he like to deal with Jesse Marsh? Well he's very candid he's very he really is and he does wear his heart on his sleeve and he actually admits Nathan that um, you know sometimes he will say things and they're used as sticks to beat him with. For instance, just last week, he talked about how his philosophy on coaching is such that it get, should get to the stage where, you know, the head coach becomes obsolete. And he said in Germany, when I said that, you know, I was, I was beaten with it. I know what he means. He means mm. that he wants to get to a stage where the players are literally able to do what they're meant to be doing without being asked or told how to do them. He's Similarly, the, the other night. Guardiola. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and also the other night, you know, he said the most complete performance um, after a 2-1 defeat at Aston Villa. Well, how can a performance be the most complete even under his time when he's conceded two pretty soft goals? So, when especially when they've beaten Chelsea and put in a good performance against Arsenal and lost and what have you. So, he says things that do come back to haunt him very quickly and he's been under the microscope because of the run of results, Nathan, as well. So, um, yeah, he's very aware of the criticism he gets. He doesn't think it's fair. But he's unshakable in his belief that he's that he's heading in the right direction. And whether you might want to think that sort of rhetoric to try and win us all over or convince the board that he's doing the right thing or not, I genuinely think he does believe that. So in terms of dealing with it from a press point of view, he's always got something to say, so it's brilliant. Um, 
He's a really nice guy, Nathan, a re- genuinely nice guy. And um, who's a very, very competitive, as we saw when he was a player as well, um, but who's finding it very difficult to string a consistent set of results together. And I think he put the pressure on himself last week, saying what he did after Villa, meaning that he has to go and do the business this week. And thankfully, he backed it up last night. Uh, how did that go down with the Leeds fans, those comments after Villa? Because uh, watching it as a neutral, I would have kind of agreed with him. I thought it was actually a, a really impressive Leeds performance. Uh, they didn't take their chances. Uh, Aston Villa did. Uh, but if you were looking at that, you would think, actually, there's probably more quality in that Leeds than we've seen in two or three months. And there's enough quality there to survive, particularly with Patrick Bamford returning and with a club record signing coming in. Yeah, Nathan, this is it. The crux of it boils down to this. You're right. I think the recruitment has been such that Leeds are probably stronger than they were this time last year because the players that have come in, most of them have performed to a more than acceptable level and acclimatised to the Premier League already. You know, Tyler Adams has been, been the, probably the best example. So the question is then, well, why are results been so poor? Is it that coach isn't getting enough out of them and that somebody else would? And that was the question. That was the question after Leicester and Fulham prior to the win at Liverpool. That was the question coming into sort of last night and Sunday's game against Brentford. That's why he's been so much under pressure, if you like. So, and those words just felt hollow to a lot of fans who were there. You know, they were calling for his name, Nathan, at the game. You know, when it went to 2-0 to Villa, there were cries of Marsh out and he got them when he walked over to see the fans at the end of the game as well. And that's been a if you like, a swerve away from the board that was getting such sort of stick onto him because they haven't been happy with what they've seen on the pitch. So, um, yeah, it hasn't gone, it hadn't gone down well, but I think last night certainly has gone some way, some way to sort of allaying people's worst fears. Um, And I would say that, you know, for him, it did feel this week, it was pivotal that that he won last night well, not just scrambled through, but also does something on Sunday against Brentford, otherwise the pressure's going to be all the way back on again. It it does seem as though the board are backing him as well because they're backing him financially in the transfer market with two signings, with Vax Fover coming in and also the club record signing, uh, Georginia Ruter, who a uh, French young attacking player and they spent big during the summer as well. So it does seem as though they're willing financially to stick with him anyways. Yeah, and I think there's there's a couple of things in there. Um, the man who identifies the talent largely is Victor Orta, the you know the director mm. of football, and he's a big advocate of, of Jesse because he was his man. He went from he's not the 49ers man per se. You know, you have to say this is Victor Orta's man. He's the one that's convinced the 49ers and Andre Rogers on it. This was the right guy to sort of evolve from Bielsa, and that's been a tough road. Let's face it. So he's got a vested interest in making it work. Verba, who was came in from Salzburg, has clearly worked with with Jesse before, and has so far, although he got injured last night, so it's hard to say exactly how well he's going to cope with Premier League life. He's had, you know, a couple of performances against Swansea, and then a difficult time as everybody did against Villa on on that left side. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But in terms of that, they're backing him. But I would say Ruto isn't necessarily someone that that Jesse's identified. I would say it's probably Orta, but Jesse's obviously backed him but whatever you say in what is a difficult situation Nathan you know you've got 44% owners in in the 49ers 56% majority owner in Andrea Radzani anybody at that club the chief executive Angus Kinnear Victor's director of football Jesse they've got to juggle those two parties and convince them this is the way forward if you like so to land a record deal in a difficult window which January notoriously is that's that that's saying something Look, we don't know what he's going to be like. They've bought potential. He'll be involved on Sunday against Brentford. But I think you have to say that certainly to an extent they are backing Jesse and maybe what he wants. But also I think they've got a keen eye on bringing in value going forward. So I think they'll definitely look at Ruta. 
you know, in the same way as Nyonto would have thought he's been sensational, although Rooters cost a lot more money, that they will be valuing him, you know, maybe in a year or two if they are still a selling club. Uh, glad you meant Nyonto. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he's the most exciting talent in world football this week. Uh, he was exceptional in that game and uh, got you know outstanding Pablo, uh, Pablo de Canio-esque goal in the first minute last night. Uh, the expectation around him, is he already surpassing it? Yeah, Nyonto is. Don't forget, Nathan, this was a guy that was not meant to come in till the summer. So they actually ended up paying a little bit more, probably near the five million mark, maybe slightly more than I think it was for something they were going to pay for him. Because if you remember the last window, they didn't get Gakpo, they didn't get De Ketelera, they didn't get Bamba Diang. And so they they accelerated this move for Nyonso to come in from Switzerland early. And he's just hit the ground running. I mean, he was always meant to be one for the future. I mean, the, the big phrase was, is he Premier League ready? And they maybe thought he wasn't. He's the first man on the on the, on the the team sheet now. I mean, the guy is sensational. I was just chatting to a colleague saying how... Rafinha was a superb buy from by Victor Orta, you know, from Wren, and is probably the most talented player I've I've seen in a lead shirt. Um, Nyonto, a different sort of player, but equally you could say this guy is so exciting, but it is so unexpected. Patrick Bamford spoke to BBC last night and said, look, he's caught us all by surprise. He's that good. And uh, um, he's got attitude, he's got pace, he can score, he's strong. Uh, and he's got that cult hero status already. Uh, he really has. He's What a player he is. And uh, he's undroppable at the moment, Nathan. I mean, they've got a, a right armory of talent to go at uh, in, the, in the front four, but you, you can't leave him out. He's, he's superb. The summer signings and how they're settling in. Uh, Tyler Adams at times has probably looked to pick at him. Like he does look like a real top class Premier League midfielder already. Yeah, and all very quickly was tipped as being the next sort of club captain after Liam Cooper. Um, Tyler Adams has been superb. He's had a, he had one suspension, um, which was for the Manchester City game, but his progress over the World Cup as well, and his leadership skills, and the way he handled himself, uh, you know, with some pretty tough questioning over the Iran situation as well. He's a very well-rounded individual. He's had not the easiest of upbringings as well, and is has forged this career on an, on an upward trajectory and plotted his way through, but slotted into Premier League life superbly. And don't forget, not saying it is light for light, but with Calvin Phillips, you mm. know, the, the local hero, gone to Manchester City, Tyler Adams was looked at as the man that sort of came in to replace him, not bothered him one bit. It hasn't been a light for light swap because they play differently. He's been superb and he's grown game after game. Great game again last night as well. Um, absolutely instrumental and key to that midfield. He, he really is. And uh, as I say, there's there's a strong sort of leadership group of experience in that in that team now. And uh, um, if they can if they can work that into the defence somehow and get some consistency, that they've got a side that could quite quickly push at the Premier League. But at the moment, they they are still flawed in that in that back five, if you if you like them, or certainly the back four at the moment. Um, so no matter what Adams and Rocker and the rest do in front of them, there's problems behind them at the moment. But yeah, of all of them, he's been I'd say he's been the pick of a bunch of the new guys. Uh, Manchester City are moving back within five points of Arsenal. They scored again. Riyad Mahrez. A horrible mistake from Clement Longley at the back. It was a long Ederson clearance, if it's ever a clearance from Ederson. He drilled it long, aiming towards Mares, <laughs> but it was just falling for Longley, who tried to control it on his tie, and it just bounced off him straight into the path of Mares, who just then dinked it over the top of Hugo Lloris, who's made a couple more errors in this game. So from being 2-0 down at half-time, Manchester City, maybe they're back. Uh, they lead Spurs by four goals to two. Uh, maybe they get Calvin Phillips 
back at some stage. It really hasn't happened for him, has it? It, it hasn't, has it? And uh, I tell you, the more you talk about Lloris making mistakes, I just don't want Melier to leave Leeds and go to Spurs. <laughs> Melier is that it, it, when, because he was so young, and yeah. you know, we obviously look at Gavin Bazunu now as such a the youngest keeper in the Premier League. Yeah. Melier was that, but there's no forgiveness for young goalkeepers at all. You're not yeah. allowed to progress at the same rate. You have to have a consistency straight away. Yeah. He has that ability that the modern keeper needs with the ball at his feet in terms of his general goalkeeping and you know cutting down on the amount of mistakes do you watch him when you're seeing him week in week out and go here's someone who is going to end up at a Champions League club quite soon yeah I, I do I can see him being France number one sort of by I mean he hasn't had much 21s experience but I see him going um, you know straight in over the top of Lloris pretty pretty soon he, he's, he's excellent you know he's 22 now isn't he Melier but he's got it all really and uh, I'm, I'm, he's, he's ironed out some little kinks in his game as well um, but sorry I got across you there didn't I with Phillips yeah I mean yeah his future has been talked about there, Nathan, hasn't it? In, in terms of it's not going to happen for him at Man City. Mm. That guy's proved everybody wrong so many times. I mean, at Leeds, I don't know if you remember, Nathan, even when he first got to the side, people were like, oh, I'm not sure about him. What is he? Does he play at the top of a diamond? Does he play, you know, in the middle of the park? Does he play in front of the back four? Bielsa obviously sorted all that out and, and made him into, you know, an England international. Um, he's always had his critics it's been 50-50 at Leeds until he really sort of you know got himself into the side and became a key key component I think he'll come back at City and probably do something similar to be quite honest so I think it's too early to talk about him being finished at City and having to go out but um, yeah we'd all love to see a hometown boy come back to the club where it all began but I do think we're some stage off that to be quite honest so Brentford at the weekend, then Nottingham Forest after the FA Cup break, and potentially a couple of games in a week uh, against Manchester United, which will be rather tasty for Leeds. <laughs> so uh, an interesting few weeks coming up where they'll need to get some points, particularly in the next two. Uh, John Giles was on earlier. He said he thinks they'll be fine. He's, he's slowly but surely coming on the uh, the Jesse Marsh bandwagon. Slowly, very slowly, I must add. Yeah, well, it has been slow though, and you know, you're not, you're not going to argue with John there, are you? What what he sees, he's got a very keen do. eye and knows 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 the game and for what it is. And and look, Jesse said himself, Nathan, look, this has taken far too long to get there, and now they're showing maybe some steps, you know, with with last night. Well, it did all click, and if they, I mean, they went right over the top of Cardiff, who were poor to be fair, but they they were in some patches, they were brilliant for ninety five percent of that game, and then. Their customer two goals were conceded. Um, but it's about the Brentford and the Forest game. Yes, they've got an FA Cup tie against lower league opposition coming up in between that as well. But then there's the Everton game as well in February, which right now is, is will look very winnable for them. But um, I've always described it under Jesse as trying to get you know, order out of chaos. Um, last night, we saw units linking well together. And dare I say it, that third goal, which was a great team goal, was a throwback to the Bielsa. It was, it was a superb goal in anybody's sort of textbook. It was fantastic. So, they they look like they can blitz teams away quickly with their goal scoring. It's the back that's the problem, Nathan, and and that's where they have to sort out. He changed the back four from the Villa game completely last night, um, and you know Furpo, although he had a better game, but against lesser opposition, still got caught late on when Lad went around the outside of him, and it, it's still it's still a concern that for me. Um, Melier, completely happy with, but the back four, they need to get... Right. But now, someone like George Graham used to like put the back four on a string so they didn't lose each other, and they sort of need a bit of that, I, I think. 